good evening, everyone. It's it's really delightful to be here. Um, so Jack's going to queue up some of my slides for this evening. I'm going to tell you a story about symbols and things that move in double directions. I'm going to tell you a story about ambivalence and about recovery. Um, but we'll start here. So what you can see on your screen are a series of prints and, and drawings by the artist Louise Bourgeois, who, if you're not familiar with her work, was a French-American artist. She was born in 1911 in Paris, but she settled in New York City in 1938, and she's really considered to have done most of her work there. You might be more familiar with her huge sculptures, like um, she did one called Maman that was this giant spider that traveled around the world, and she made installations as well. She worked across mediums. And she is kind of the spiritual godmother of my book, This Ragged Grace, and also an artist who came to mean a great deal to me personally. I think partly because there is nothing in my mind that can match the power of finding your own emotional state rendered in another medium by another mind and another spirit. And there's something about Louise Bourgeois' art that speaks to a profound uh, complexity, I think that many, many people share, which is the, the feeling of ambivalence, the state of moving in two directions at once. Um, so I first came across these spirals when I was just 27 and I was in New York for a research trip. I was working on a PhD, I was writing about hysteria, which will maybe become interesting a little bit later. I think academics often have a much deeper personal connection with the things that they write about than maybe they themselves even know. Um, but I had recently got sober and I hadn't really ever thought of myself as somebody with a drinking problem. But in my 26th year of life, I couldn't deny that I was spiraling out of control and, and I needed some help. And I landed in a psychiatrist's office and he was very kind to me. And he said, you are not losing your mind. Um, the good news is you are an alcoholic and you can get, that means you can recover if you stop drinking. I was very shocked to hear him say this and I, I didn't really know where to put myself. He said the words Alcoholics Anonymous, which I thought was extremely dramatic. Um, however, something made sense and I went to meetings. I started 12-step recovery. I resisted 12-step recovery, but I kept going back and I, and I managed to stop drinking. And um, I had a lot of profound feelings of ambivalence about this life choice. And yet I somehow managed to keep going. And by the time I was in New York, I'd been a year sober. And I found these spirals in the archive where I was writing about Louise Bourgeois' work in my big roaming messy thesis about hysteria and film and art. And, and I saw them and there was something in them that, that as I said, spoke very deeply to me. And I looked at them and I realized that what I found so attractive about these images is that because there are two colors in these spirals, you can see them as moving in, in two directions at once. So you can follow them in to the center, which I felt was a, a message of how you might be able to wind it in, right? If you've spiraled out of control, maybe you can wind yourself back in and, and find a way to recover. Um, or you can follow it the other way and, and spiral out perhaps into chaos. And maybe that was how I'd been living and now I was choosing a different path. Um, and that sort of felt quite comforting to me. Um, and so I carried on doing my research and, and getting my thesis together. And funnily enough, it was much easier now that I wasn't drinking so much. Um, and then a couple of years later, 
these um, these spirals took on a different meaning to me um, one night when I was back in London and my father was driving me back um, to my flat and we were in the middle of three lanes of traffic on the Euston Road, which some of you may know is a big artery that runs through the city. And we were at a red light and he took his hands off the steering wheel and he turned to me and he said, I have no idea what I'm doing. And my father had a great sense of humor. So I, I just thought he was teasing me um, because I didn't know how to drive. And I thought he was ribbing me that I had become an adult without this critical life skill, uh, which I still lack 10 years later, by the way. Um, but he wasn't joking. And I looked into his eyes and I, and I saw fear, which was not an emotion I was used to seeing in my father's face. And so we're sitting there in the traffic and I'm thinking, what, what am I gonna do? With my eyes on the hazard button thinking, well, I'll press that and I, I'm telling him which one's the brake and hoping I'm getting it right and which one's the accelerator and what to do with the steering wheel. And as the lights went green, something, auto, a kind of autopilot response kicked in on him and he managed to drive us the rest of the way home. And when we got back to my flat and I asked him what had happened, he had no idea what I was talking about. So there we were, I was recovering and suddenly this man who I'd never known to be out of control was starting to unravel. And I remembered the spirals and I thought about these two different directions and suddenly felt our fates more deeply intertwined um, because if it weren't for my winding it in, I wouldn't be able to be there for his spiraling out. Um, so this realization kind of brought us into the next phase of our lives, Jack, if we could have the next slide, please. Um, where a different Louise Bourgeois image sort of settled in my mind as a way of explaining what was happening. So this is a print called Femme Maison, which means housewoman or woman house, literally translated. It's a play on the term housewife. And it's a series of, of prints and she also made sculptures along this theme, um, which she started making in the 1940s when she was at home a lot looking after her sons. And again, you know, this is an artist obsessed with ambivalence and I soon understood that so was I. This is an image of deep ambivalence where the home is either a refuge or a trap. And in this period of my father's illness, as he started to unravel really quite rapidly, we both became housewomen or house people where he could no longer be trusted to go out alone. Um, his memory was collapsing on him really very rapidly. And I was at home with him all the time, taking care of him. Um, soon enough, we had a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and that encouraged us to kind of rearrange our lives completely and think differently about our relationships to one another. Um, and in this period where my father and I spent a lot of time together alone, it was very painful and it was very difficult, but it was also a period of really profound connection and a very embodied relationship, a kind of loving relationship between us, where as he lost his words, the kind of love that kicked in was a love of paying attention. You know, I had to learn how to read his body, as did my mother. We had to learn how to read his, his instincts that maybe he himself could no longer read. And so we had this period in the home that was at once a time of, of devastating loss, but also a really profound kind of coming together. And I felt very, very conscious as the years went on and I was able to be there more and more that 
none of it would be possible if I had still been out, you know, out there spiraling in my sort of chaotic way of living. And I felt the kind of presence, I guess, of the double helix, you know, which is in itself, it's a sort of spiral. Um, and, uh, and I thought a lot of Louise Bourgeois, who wrote a lot and made art a lot about the fact that like the biggest relationships in our lives and the biggest feelings that we have never only move in a single direction and actually ambivalence is really at the heart of most human experience i think it's fair to argue um but an addict is always an addict i believe um jack if we can have the next slide please so this is a character that Bourgeois made called the Spiral Woman, who I tried to bear in mind. And as things got harder and harder with my dad, um, the urge to escape got bigger within me. And that old desire to press the fuck it button is how I think of it, and just throw caution to the wind and allow things to unravel got louder and louder. And I knew I wasn't going to drink. I, I felt very solid in my recovery by that point but I didn't know how to manage the pressure that was building up inside me. And I kept thinking of this figure, the spiral woman, who again, I think is just such a profound image of ambivalence. Those spirals, they're holding her very tightly. They're stopping her from harming herself. Or is it a kind of smothering? Is it a positive restriction or a negative one? And I started to wonder if recovery with all of the restriction that it had brought into my life, alongside the restriction that accompanies the very profound and difficult grief where you're losing someone while they're still alive and still with you, whether I had actually turned my back on the richness and fullness of life. And, and if I had done that, would I be able to stay sober because it's not very sustainable to live in that way? Um, and I found this quote by Louise Bourgeois, which I'm going to read you. Um, it, it, I used it as the um, epigraph in my book because it suddenly showed me that perhaps I was thinking about the spiral in the wrong way. She wrote, the spiral is an attempt at controlling the chaos. It has two directions. Where do you place yourself? At the periphery or at the vortex? Beginning at the outside is the fear of losing control. The winding in is a tightening, a retreating, a compacting to the point of disappearance. Beginning at the center is affirmation. The move outward is a representation of giving and giving up control of trust, positive energy of life itself. And suddenly I thought there was a new way of thinking about the spiral and there was a new way of remaining open to life while dealing with the ongoing kind of demands of recovery and the ongoing demands of my father's illness, which brings us to the last slide, please, Jack. Um, this is the symbol called the Ouroboros, which I'm sure many of you recognize. And for years, I had considered it a symbol of the kind of solipsistic entrapped feeling that I associated with addiction, which is a monotonous experience for the person inside it. Um, full of dissatisfaction and a kind of impossible feeling. Uh, you you feel like you won't escape it, basically. Um, but I started to look into it and realized that actually this is a symbol that has very, very different meanings in its roots. So its origins are way, way more expansive than my understanding of it. Actually, in 13th century Egypt, it was a symbol of renewal and of regeneration. And later it was adopted by the alchemists as a symbol for eternity. And I think I found myself thinking about it so much because there I was in relation to my father and there we were with our entwined spirals. And actually we were kind of landing in this place 
that was a was a circle rather than a spiral um but it was a circle of kind of eternal return and recovery is an ongoing experience it never ends you know you are i believe anyway always an addict and you always have to um remember that that is kind of at the core of your experience or how you manage your feelings how you manage yourself in the world and the relationship between a parent and child continues even when the parent is gone and i found myself really landing on this understanding that you know to love is to welcome the specter of loss and to grieve is to summon the spirit of love and these things are profoundly intertwined and to think of them as related to one another and to really allow yourself to feel that connection is something that can be profoundly sustaining when you live through something as painful as losing a parent to alzheimer's or as complex as recovery from addiction um so i want to leave you with that thought and leave you with the thought that symbols and um images can be a very helpful way of understanding things that feel too complicated or difficult to grasp intellectually because they speak to our unconscious and they speak to our parts of our psychology that um that maybe are, are slightly out of our conscious reach but have a lot to tell us thank you very much <laughs>